It is episode 13, and we are talking to the human highlight reel, Austin Lane. Also going to be talking WWE Battleground and giving our predictions. Stick around. This is the Oversell Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this episode of the Oversell Podcast. My name is Derek. I'm Dan. And I am Mike. And we're here to talk a little professional wrestling. We're back on our game this week. Last week on our intro, we kind of, we're all discombobulated. We're We're back home. We weren't in our home. We're back here (laughs) at Oversell Studios, right here smack dab in Bartlett, Tennessee. A lot of uh, fun stuff happening in the WWE this week. Oh, yeah. Um. Let's start. Let's dive into the biggest topic I think from Monday Night Raw, and that was Davis. Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, and Sasha, Sasha Banks, Banks making their debut onto the Monday Night main roster, and it was beautiful. It was it. It seriously was. Of course, no surprise that Charlotte and uh, Sasha Banks got called up, but it's awesome that they called up Becky Lynch as well. She hasn't been in NXT that long. Yeah, yeah. but I. And if if Bailey would have been, you know, healthy, she would have been you know, called up at the same time. They said, you know, I, one thing I would like to see is like Bailey show up, and Sasha, Charlotte, and Becky all turn on whoever they brought them up with, and they become their own stable. That would be awesome. Oh, that'd be so cool. Not gonna happen. I know it's not gonna happen. <laughs> at least not yet. Not yet. Bailey's, you know, she's got to rehab you, that you, hand injury. You jinxed it. You said it. Now it's not gonna happen. Well. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> didn't mean it, but the there's it was such a cool image to see all those three divas all hitting their submissions at the same time, mm-hmm. just cranking on oh, yeah. the Bellas and Alicia Fox. And, and it was great how Stephanie came out and introduced them. Right, I mean, that that whole segment was just great. Yeah, and uh, you can thank Ronda Rousey for that. If it weren't if Ronda Rousey wasn't becoming so big in sports in general, all oh, right. I mean, it's it's incredible. This is. I'd, a, I'd like to give out a personal shout out to Rhonda. What the thing she said about Floyd Mayweather? Oh, that was that was hilarious. That was awesome. <laughs> that was yeah. That's you know, it, it's gonna be. Hopefully, they're gonna have her involved in WrestleMania next year because man, she's a superstar, and because of her, these divas are getting a chance. These great working divas. I mean, these chicks can wrestle. Sasha Banks is incredible. I think in the ring, her and Charlotte. Flair had another great match on NXT this week for the NXT Women's Title. Mm-hmm. Becky Lynch, she's going to work and she's going to have that cool factor to go along with her. This is this is a it's exciting to me mm-hmm. because I like watching the Divas wrestle, and not yeah, because yeah. they're women wrestling, but because they they have the uh, potential to be great wrestlers. And added on to everything, you know, as far as the segment goes, and I didn't see the entire segment. I saw clips of the segment off of the WWE Facebook. The fans were chanting, this is awesome. This is awesome, yeah. The fans on the main roster on Monday Night Raw were chanting, this is awesome. At yep. the debut, at, at just the debut, they hadn't even done It wasn't even a match. Yet. Yeah, They hadn't even done anything yet. And they were chanting, this is awesome. So proof that the stuff they do in NXT can get over on the main roster. Yep, yep, and 
you know, let's let's just hope they keep the momentum rolling. I they really gotta, do. They got to they got to book them well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's oh. obviously a build up for SummerSlam. Right. Something yeah. big's going to happen there, but I hope that's not where it ends. No, I hope they don't I, drop the ball after no, that. And then let's hope it's not another Nexus moment where they have all this g- good, all this potential, and and then they boom, just, they just then, jerk the rug out from under. Right. Them. Then they let John Cena book a finish, and we saw how that worked out for the Nexus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, other big news this week in the WWE: uh, there is a potential. I've seen reports that the Undertaker and Sting and Sting, and Sting will both be at Battleground. Maybe to set up something for SummerSlam. Uh, they they were, I believe different reports I'm getting uh, that uh, they'll either be at Battleground or SummerSlam and just making an appearance. Maybe not wrestling. Don't know for sure, but they've got some involvement of some way. Right. So, and I, I've seen that you know Undertaker may show up at Battleground, uh, but they're pretty much one thing I read. You know, he's pretty much going to be at Raw. That's what they're saying. Yeah, now. that's and that's and huge. that's going to set up Th- the that, program for whatever he, you know, they've got ready for him at SummerSlam. But then I also read something that it's not just going to be a surprise appearance for these two guys. They're going to like you know let you know in advance. You know, watch this episode. So and so comes back. So a lot of conflicting stuff that I've read. But, right. Yeah. But it all points to good things. Glad to see though. Glad to see them. You know, doing something with either one of them. And you know. For them to be in contract and everything, and you not see them on just a regular basis, you know. Right. Um, I've been waiting for them to do other things with Sting. I really have. Yeah, especially you Sting. Know? Yeah. Because I mean, after the WrestleMania thing, I mean, that was that was it. That was it. It was gone, you know. And you never you never heard or saw another thing from him. You they know? didn't even really mention anything about it no. afterwards, you know. And uh, that that was just a real poor booking of Sting. Now, Undertaker, in my, in my opinion. you know, Undertaker, you're kind of used to. I mean, yeah, you're used we, to, we you know, know, the last several years, it's, under, right, you know, right. WrestleMania. He's only going to be around it. once a year. Right. And, and if he shows up at Battleground, that's going to be really cool, because then we'll get to see him twice this year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got WWE Battleground this Sunday. Uh, I think this is, I really like the way this card is being built up. Um, and... Uh, it's it's going to be exciting. There's two matches off the top of my head I'm really looking forward to. Kevin Owens and John Cena. And I'm really looking forward to the tag match between the primetime players and New Day. I don't mm-hmm. know why, but those those two guys have put on a solid program, I yeah. think. Um, let's go through the card real quick, Mike. All right. We know on the pre-show we've got R-Truth and Bad News Barrett again. What, where, what is this feud? I don't know, but it's entertaining it's, as hell to me. It's, I really uh, enjoy it. It is entertaining. I really yeah. enjoy it. I love R-Truth. I'm 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 becoming a big fan of our truth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> craziness. I, just, I don't know. It, it, I I just see it as such a waste for Barrett, though. But at least he's getting something. I guess. He's yeah, getting he's getting something. On, this is he's his second time years. on the pre-show, isn't it? Yeah. Wasn't he on the pre-show at the last? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, no intercontinental mo- title match because Ryback got hurt. And he's got a right. staff infection. Staff infection. Yeah. yeah. Gross. Yeah. All right, Mike. What else we got on this card? Uh, like you mentioned, the tag match, primetime players, New Day. Looking forward to that one. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah. New Day is the, the, they gel pretty well. And, and you know, I I was upset with the primetime players when they first started getting on this next role because it was at the expense of the Ascension. But I'm over that now. Right. Um. Oh, and, and the Ascension had an appearance on Swerved. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're using them for that now. <laughs> at least they're doing them, using them for something. That 
Okay. <laughs> what else we got on the card? <laughs> That's all we're going to talk about the Ascension on Swerve? Yes. I'm not, I don't even want to talk. I'm, I'm, I'm almost over talking about the Ascension. <laughs> all right, but we got uh, just a random grudge match, Orton and Sheamus, that it seems like they've been building up forever. But so this would really be cares. Orton and Sheamus, what, 12, 13, something Probably. like that? And Sheamus got his money in the bank briefcase, yeah. so he'll lose the next... 20 pay-per-views he's on. Yeah, <laughs> and then he'll just show up and win the title. Yeah, yeah. Because right. that's how it works. Exactly. Uh, Reigns and Wyatt. That's going to be a good match, too. It's it's Reigns and Wyatt. It's Reigns and Wyatt. Uh, I mean, <laughs> uh, that, um, you know, it, it. looking at it on paper, you kind of anticipate it like Big Show and Reigns, you know, kind of. Right. But they have potential to pull off match of the night, you know, and, uh, you know, Reigns and Big Show surprised me yeah. with their last stand. La- it was a last man standing match. Uh, Reigns and Big Show actually surprised me with that match, and I'm sure Reigns and Wyatt, you know, Bray Wyatt being a feature attraction, you don't get to see him all the time. He disappears from time to time. He's he like goes a baby away. taker. Well, he's you know? yeah, he's he's amped up, especially with this feud with Reigns. He has amped up his spooky character. Mm-hmm. I think this feud has elevated that. With the pic, all the pictures on the wall, to you know, him coming out, Bray uh, Reigns attacking him, mm-hmm. and then it really wasn't. Bray it wasn't at all. him, yeah. I wish yeah. we could have figured out, learned who it was, because <laughs> you know, maybe gotten him another follower or something. Maybe it was Eli Cottonwood. <laughs> mm, maybe, but I, I don't doubt the <laughs> match. Abigail, maybe I don't know. I don't. I don't doubt the potential of the match. It's just putting these two together. You know, who's going to get hurt again? You know. Yeah. Push wise, let's. I mean, they're still really trying to build Reigns. I think they still want him to have his big WrestleMania moment. Well, they need to. This this is gonna. This is another opportunity for for them to build Reigns, but also oh, build yeah. Wyatt as well. Um, you know, I mean, they can have probably a two or three pay per view feud out of this. Oh yeah. You know, this is just the first match in a long series of matches. I'm pretty sure because, you know, this this angle got pretty personal pretty quick oh yeah yeah you know yep so i mean you know for it to be that personal Mm. i don't think it's just a one and done i think this won't be the last match that they have also got cena and owens three which is gonna tear (laughs) that's gonna be tear the house down for the u.s title this time yep yep we'll we'll go into predictions in a little bit yep yep yep, we know and would have had the ryback match injured so apparently they're just scrapping that at least for now they haven't so announced Miz and Big Show aren't even going to do anything not that I've seen okay. yet but you know they'll probably have them come out at some point and they'll was be it, like, that was a triple threat yeah, yeah it was yeah. triple threat okay and then which is kind of sad because I'd actually like the build up for that match I, I really like what they're I, I love the Miz in a heel role he's so good at it oh yeah now yeah. the one thing I would change about the Miz he wears that whatever what was that model's name that was in the Bond movie or Iman yeah, Iman. Iman. Yeah. Iman. Yeah, he needs to lose that whole look. Cause, <laughs> but and as a heel, Miz has been, uh, you know, back when he was world champion and he was doing that stuff with Rock and Cena, his promos and everything he was saying, I mean, he was putting himself in a position to where you're going to want me on this show. Mm-hmm. I want to be damn good at it. And that's why he got all the, the push that he did. Now I, I wish he would kind of get that attitude back into him. but And that may come in time. But he was. I like what he's been doing. Whenever he was antagonizing those two guys on the mic mm-hmm. while they were wrestling, just to get them more mad so they'd hurt each other. Well, mission succeeded, asshole. You don't get your match now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, before we get into our predictions, um, well, we, well, we still got the the main event: Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins. Yeah, yeah, it's it's something ha- cra- something weird's going to happen. Well, there. let me ask you this: What the hell is the point of uh, having them towed around that damn car everywhere? What the hell is the point? We get it. He destroyed the car. You know, Jerry Lawler got hit by a car. Eddie Gilbert didn't drive around everywhere saying, look what I did. A yeah. fan got hit by a car door. That yeah. counts. Yeah. Why couldn't I be the one that got hit by that door, too? He won the lottery, too. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he won I, the WWE merchandise lottery. Oh, man, if that was me, I'd been like, you know what? I'm not going to sue. I, I want to meet. I want to meet everyone backstage. I want a handshake some autographs yeah. and like when we were talking about it last week i want everybody to sign that car door and i want to take that car door home there you yep. go i'd hang it right there on my wall right behind you mike uh, yeah. um <laughs> but before we get into uh the battleground predictions um let's talk a little bit about tough enough uh sarah lee yeah a, a little about tough enough <laughs> yeah we don't need to spend much time on it sarah lee i thought was gone this week um sarah lee is not going well I think as as long as the fans are voting, Sarah Lee is not going. I think Sarah Lee and ZZ win it all. Well, I think had she cut not cut that promo that she cut on this show, she would have been gone. Not a chance. I I think so. I think so. No way. She was the only one. She was the only one that cut a promo, and it was actually you know Paige even clapped for her. She's like, "This is what I've been trying to get out of you. You know, thank you. Finally, come on, step it up, Mm -hmm. Patrick." You know, another week he wins another challenge, which you know he shouldn't have. It was he his promo was weak. It wasn't anything special. It was all right. Uh, Mata should have won. I I agreed with Hogan. Mata should have won. Yeah. Uh, well, <clears throat> did you watch Tough Talk? No. Okay, you need to watch Tough Talk because Patrick got him back, and Pat because Patrick cut promo on him, he literally could just dropped a mic and walked off, and he would have looked that cool because he finally he finally just. It clicked, and his promo is even better than what he did on the show, which you know apparently he won the challenge. But still, I I don't like this season of Tough Enough. Yeah, it's I, I watch it just because it's a WWE product. It's on Tuesday nights. I don't have anything else to watch. Yeah, I mean, um, and I'm, I'm watch. I'm still going to watch it no matter how much well, I dislike. And it I'm now, a Jericho. It's a chance for me to see Jericho because I'm a big Jericho mark. Everyone knows that. And, I love seeing Paige just lay into people. Yep. Now Paige's. <laughs> The one thing about that show is Paige is killing it. And a lot of people on the internet are like, oh, blah, blah, blah. You know, she's just trying to be like Simon Cow. Like, she should be. She should have a chip on her shoulder because here are people untrained and not very good. You she know. grew up in the wrestling right. business. Yeah. She, so she started has wrestling every at 14. Right. She has she, every right to look down her nose at everybody. I, and who's I, don't on think she, I don't think she's looking down her nose. I just think she's pissed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it's. Corey Graves sent out a tweet, and he I, I saw that round. He said, yeah. "He said, uh, if this is the future of the WWE, I should unretire." Yeah, talking yeah. about tough enough. Yeah, I mean, you know, depending on and it's good to see them start taking some bumps now. Um, <laughs> yeah, after three, four weeks. Well, I think they've been taking bumps in training; they just haven't been really televising it. Mm-hmm. Which that yeah. was the best part of. The previous seasons, when it first started out, was actually watching them train and learn. I'd just like to stop for a second and say I'm so glad Mike has something to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, <laughs> what was your what, what do you think? Because I, I I don't have anything to say about it <laughs> because I have not watched it. Well, you gotta have not TV, you gotta have cable it. to watch it. Yeah. So. Well, I I don't have cable, and I'm glad I don't have cable yeah. because Tough Enough's on cable. Well, <laughs> if, if, if you were watching it, me and Derek wouldn't be able to talk because <laughs> it's that bad, and there would definitely be um, rants coming. Well, from. what yeah. was your what was your favorite season of all the Tough Enoughs? Either one or two. I think Stone Cold Steven, Stone Cold season was. It the was best. pretty good, but it had to be because they had people that had previously had you know some training or some experience. Yeah. So I mean, they. I mean, it was five or six people better. on that show are on the roster now. Yeah. Well, Matt Cross was a, is a big indie wrestler, and mm-hmm. he was on that season. I mean, you know, I think. I mean, I think I, you're probably right. First season was probably the best. I mean, because you didn't know what to expect from it. Yeah, I mean, the only knock on the first season was you didn't see a lot of eliminations because so many yeah. people quit. Well, that they weren't tough enough. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, they quit. Right. Well, and some of them had had to quit due to injury. Um, that what there was that one time guy Chris, I forget what his name was. So they called him CK, the career killer, because <laughs> if he kept going at that pace, he was probably going to put someone in the right, hospital. Right. Um, <clears throat> and those, I think, for as far as winners go. Those were probably your most successful winners of Tough Enough, Maven and Nydia, because Maven won. Well, if you go up to season three with uh, Morrison, he won the tag titles. He did. Did, did he win any mid card belt? Uh, maybe. I, I mean, know Maven. Maven was a hardcore champion. I remember that. Yeah, I knew that. That was the highest he ever got. Yeah. Yeah. That and little it, well, mini feud with Undertaker, dude. Him eliminating the Undertaker was a huge moment. For, oh yeah, it, yeah, that that was crazy. I, I you know every once in a while I watch that just because I like to see the Undertaker turn around and just look at Maven <laughs> and Maven's yeah. like, oh, and then shit. shake him throughout the arena like, and throw him through a popcorn oh, machine. Crap. <laughs> oh my god! But Morrison was pretty successful. He had a pretty good run. I mean, tag team champions multiple times. I think you know with Mercury and Miz. Mm-hmm. Uh. Did he win? For some reason, I want to say he maybe won like ECW title when they were doing that. Or uh, Morrison, <clears throat> I think Morrison was the ECW champion at one time. Yeah, that sounds about right. I know him and Miz. I mean, I, I, I would easily say that he was the most successful out of everybody. Yeah, yeah, and yet, never mind. We but won't the, but those, no, no Batista jokes here. But the the <laughs> first three seasons were great because, like I said, you actually got to see him train. In the Stone Cold season, you got to see them train, but they already kind of knew what they were doing. Yeah, you didn't see the basic training, but right. you know, they had to learn, still learn how to get thrown over the ropes properly. And the first three seasons, you had Al Snow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he he just seemed like a great trainer. I mean, I think in TNA now, he's helped train people with the, the British boot camp or whatever. Well, and well, season one, you got Chris, Christopher Nowinski end up coming out. And he he did some stuff in the WWE for a while. And then he had the concussion problems. And right. And I don't know. This season is unlike any of them else. And the fact that the fans are voting is yeah, it's it's just should, to give the fans what they want, but the fans are never gonna see these people well, on T V and after Tough Enough. You mm-hmm. know, if there's a chance, I bet you if like Z and Sarah and Patrick are up there, the judges are gonna use their save and get Patrick out of there because they're not gonna have him. Because if ZZ and Sarah are both up there, there's no yeah. way in hell whoever the third person is 
Right. So the judges will have to use their save. I mean, and that's that's the flaw of this. I mean, you're not going to get another WWE superstar. They should have. The judges should have handled the eliminations, and then let the fans pick like the of the final two men and women. You know, they pick the man and the woman's champion. Yeah, they that, they just need to think it out better. Yeah. I mean, I understand giving the fans the power. That's you know. That's I have what no they problem with, with the win. They should have just saved it for the winners. Yeah. I mean, maybe every week, who do you think would get eliminated? And I mean, because I mean, honestly, we would just trust the judgment of Hulk Hogan, Daniel Bryant, and Page if someone shouldn't be on there, oh, right? Oh yeah. Because uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if if they were the actual judges and you know, actually handled the eliminations themselves. <clears throat> ZZ would have been gone. Sarah Lee would have been gone. And there's really no telling what other two Dario would, be gone would still be there. Possibly. I mean, she should still be there. UFC trained. They did They did do a little clip where they brought Chelsea back. Yes. Yeah, yes, because yes, one yes. of the girls, uh, Diane, just left. She okay. was like, I don't want to do it, this. It was so like, I left. Yeah, two in the morning, her husband came and picked her. And like, that's another thing. They have their cell phones with them. Like, I think in the first Tough Enough, well, they didn't have cell phones, smartphones back <laughs> in the first Tough Enough, but they weren't allowed. They just had a phone in the right, house that they right. could call on every now and then. Right. So that's something else that's totally different because you always see them periscoping and they're doing Twitter questions. Yeah, and they're tweeting and, and stuff. And the, you know, I'd, I'd rather them kind of be secluded and cut off from the outside world. And you know, I mean, do uh, do it more like uh, Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. You know, they're yeah, in the exactly. house. All they're there for is to train and try to get in. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I put out a question on Twitter this week. We got a little bit of response, um, and I'm going to ask you the guys this too. Uh, if you could travel back in time and see any match live, you get to be go. You'll you'll be able to cheat your way into a first row seat, and you get to see any match live. What match would it be on Twitter? Um, my buddy George, who is at Crunkbuck four D one, said he would go back and see the first War Games match. Oh, nice! That would be pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, another buddy of mine at Shaggy Black, he hosts a podcast called. You're gonna love this name. It's the uh, Moss covered. Oh, he's gonna kill me for getting this wrong. <laughs> Moss covered three handled credenza. The Moss handled three covered podcast, I think. Um, <laughs> and I think uh, he his nice. match that he picked was, you know, it's called the three handled Moss covered wrestling podcast. There you go. Um, that's at Shaggy Black. He picked the match. The match. We all know the match. Ricky Steamboat. And Macho Man, Macho Man WrestleMania, WrestleMania 3. 3. Okay. So, guys, Mike, I'll start off with you. If you could go back in time and see any one match, one at any one match live, what would it be? The match is definitely there. It's it's hard to pick just one because I mean, like when I first saw that, my first thought was, I want to go back and see WrestleMania 17 live. That was still the greatest WrestleMania to me. I mean, every card on that match was amazing. I would have. I would have used that to see any match on that every card. Every match on that card was amazing, too. Yeah. Yep. Not every card on that match. <laughs> that, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there were cards in there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's hard to pass up a old Ricky Steamboat match at any time. Yep. Um, um, and we we asked Austin this, le- this question. We'll get to hit when we get to our interview with him, which was a great interview. Um, Mike? What are you thinking? Yeah, I'm. Nah, I'm going with the match. WrestleMania, WrestleMania three, Ricky Steamboat. But if and... there was, if there was just a uh, a segment that I could go back and watch, 
it would have been during the invasion angle when Stone Cold like finally came back oh, as the man. old Stone Cold. That, that, that huge pop he got, man. He, that, that's one of the biggest pops I've ever seen. Because everybody was already show. fighting throughout the entire building. Yeah. And then you see him pull up in his truck and start beating people's ass in the parking lot, then backstage, and then when his music hits, I mean... Mm-hmm. It, it, you, it went, if you watch that now, you, I still get chills yeah, like yeah, hearing yeah. the pop the that he one. got from that. The and just being one. in that crowd would have been amazing. Dan? Um, I would have to say one of the one of the first technical matches I ever saw. Um, I can't remember what year it was, and and I'll probably have internet IWC community shoot me in the head. <laughs> <for that>. but, <clears throat> Bret Hart and Mister Perfect for the Intercontinental that, Title. At uh, that was SummerSlam ninety two three three. Okay. I think ninety three. Okay. Um. Um. Yeah. That, that that's. That was the first ever technical match I saw. I mean, like, pound for pound, wrestling hold for wrestling hold, you know, that you could possibly put on a WWF TV screen at the time. That was technical wrestling at its best. Uh, I recently watched on the WWE Network, there's a Mr. Perfect documentary. Mm -hmm. He had a hurt back in that match. Yeah. And you could mm. couldn't even tell. Couldn't even tell. He was uh, Mr. Kurt, Mr. Perfect. Kurt Henning is one of my all-time favorite guys to watch because mm-hmm. he was just he's crisp in the ring. Oh yeah, he's perfect. Absolutely. Um, man, my match. There's so many going through my head right now. I could say the match, but I, I want to be a little different. Um, and I, I, I <laughs> well, we can assume that you know if I could travel back in I, time, I, I took y'all with me. So yeah, there we see go. That match okay, too. sure. <laughs> Come on, guys. You we're going know, back in time. <laughs> there was. A time when Memphis was the mecca of professional wrestling, other than Ripley, Tennessee. (laughs) Um, And I think I would probably want to go back. We're going to have people actually going to Ripley, Tennessee, looking for a wrestling show. Yeah. What What are they talking about? There's a wrestling Um, show in Ripley, Tennessee. You know, I think I'd want to see, and I'm going to give our folks here they listen a little history message because it's a little kind of obscure in regards to Memphis history or Memphis re- or wrestling history in general. Billy Wicks versus Sputnik Monroe. I'd want to see their stuff because um, Sputnik Monroe was uh, the guy that desegregated wrestling crowds here in Memphis. Mm-hmm. When he would, when they had the matches at the Ellis Auditorium, mm-hmm. everyone white sat in the good seats. And the yeah. African American. He wouldn't said, perform. He would not they perform. Did. Unless he went out there and, uh, you know, he would get fines because he would go down to Beale Street and be drinking with African-Americans. Yep. Um, and he would pay a $25 fine and then go out and do it again. Yeah. And but he was he was the heel. You know, he was, uh, I think he was kind of like uh, Ric Flair back then. You know, he had all the money and blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. He's just a really big heel. And Billy Wicks was your classic uh, good guy. Well-rounded, you know, Mister, you know, Mister Nice Guy, yeah. and you know those. From what I've heard and from what I've seen on Red Online, those two guys, man, they tore down the Ellis Auditorium. They had great matches, and those guys just they were, their chemistry together was great. There was a saying in Memphis back at the time that Sputnik Monroe was wrestling, and What's they they said it on uh, the Memphis Heat documentary. They said uh, every black person in Memphis at the time of Sputnik Monroe had three pictures on their wall at home. One was Jesus, one was Martin Luther King, and the other one was Sputnik Monroe. <laughs> you know, and it, if you have not seen it, I highly, 
highly recommend going on. It's on Amazon.com, which you can get through through OversellPodcast.com. You can purchase Memphis Heat, the true story of Memphis wrestling, mm-hmm. because it talks about Sputnik Monroe, Billy Wicks, Jackie Fargo, Jerry Lawler, Handsome Jimmy Valiant, uh, um, Mouth of the South, Jimmy mm-hmm. Hart. I mean, it's a high, if you're a rest fan of wrestling, please, please, please watch Memphis Heat, true yeah. story of Memphis wrestling. It's got so. the, the father of my trainer, Buddy Wayne, in there telling a lot of wrestling stories, too. Um, we got fabulous one Jackie Fargo in there, all, all kinds of stuff, you know. Uh, Jackie Fargo, God rest his soul, by the way. Yes, yes, <clears> yes. <throat> um, the Jackie was the, uh, great, and then you know the, he he created the fabulous ones. Was that mm-hmm. Stan Lane and Steve Kern? Yep. Uh, so much history there, and really, folks, if you can go out and watch Memphis Heat, mm-hmm. I, I promise you, if you're a fan of wrestling. You will enjoy it. Whether you're not you're not in Memphis or not, you can learn a lot from professional wrestling. Rocky Johnson is in it. The Rock's dad. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill Dundee, another Memphis legend. Uh, plenty. Go check it out, folks. I don't. I, be sure you do it through OversellPodcast.com. Click that Amazon link to click go get Amazon it. Click that Amazon link at the bottom of the page. All right. Well, let's get into it here. It's time to talk a little bit. Let's do good of our predictions for... WWE Battleground. All right. Mike, give us the first match again. Might as well go with the pre-show match. Bad News Barrett, or King Barrett, even though people have forgotten about that already. Mm-hmm. And R-Truth, <laughs> with his plunger scepter that he carries around with his Burger King crown. I'll go with R-Truth on that one. I'm going Barrett. So I got to be the tiebreaker? Yeah, why not? Well, you're going to pick R-Truth to go with Daniel, <laughs> That's right. and then both of you two guys will be right, and then I'll be wrong. Because they're listening to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think I think Barrett's going to win this one, and it's. I would assume this is this is going to be the blow-off for this one. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I really, I don't know who they're going to put him with, but I, I really think that, you know, Barrett's going to have somebody new to go against uh, rolling into SummerSlam. So I'm going Barrett on this one. You never know. They might uh, they might let R Truth get another win, and uh, that'll be a good plug for them to go into SummerSlam with a match. Yeah, you know, and <clears throat> put the crown on the line. Maybe you never know. Well, let's hope that <clears throat> Barrett doesn't lose that crown, even though the crown really doesn't mean anything. Because, it doesn't mean anything now. Because well, the King of the Ring is not very special anymore. Yeah. Next yeah. match. Tag team championship. Primetime players, New Day. Primetime players. I am going to say, hopefully, this is New Day's chance at getting those tag titles back. <laughs> you just can't agree with me on anything. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just looking. I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm booking, you know. I'm, my, right. book, my booking gears are turning, you know. That's fine. <laughs> you know, I'm saying if I, I would, book the show, this is the way I would. I wouldn't mind seeing the um, New Day get it back because I like the New Days, and I think... They're really good as heel champions. I think New Day's going to win. It. Ha. <laughs> Jeez. Ha ha. <laughs> I, 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 just, I think they're going to win because right now, you know, since Tyson Kidd got injured, they don't have another tag team to throw at them right now. Ah, so yeah, I think it's yeah. going to help keep them feuding back well, and they forth do. for a little bit. They just don't know how to book them. That's interesting. They booked them on Swerved. That's where they're going to be now from now on. <laughs> We're not getting into this again. <laughs> 
We're not getting into this again. <laughs> Next match. <laughs> All right, let's go with the uh, Randy Orton and Sheamus. Orton. Orton. I would think so. Because yeah. if Seamus <laughs> didn't have money in the bank, Seamus would probably win. Yep. 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 Reigns and Wyatt. That's a tough one. This I, is probably think, the hardest one on the card. I think since it's not one of the big four, you're going to see Wyatt win this one. Wyatt. I'm going with Wyatt on that one. Yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd like I, to see I, a build really, up for SummerSlam in a bigger match. Yeah, I, I really think it's not a one and done. Um, no, this angle is... But yeah, for, for it to continue that way, I think the smart way to do it would be have Wyatt go over. Yep. And hopefully it's clean, damn it. That's that's why it's so hard for me to choose, because I really or don't think could, it's going to be that way. Or you could get a, get one of those double DQ finishes where they're just fighting and they can't peel them off of one another, you know? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And then you go into a no DQ match at SummerSlam. So. <clears throat> Potential match of the night. Cena, Owens, U.S. title. Welcome... <clears throat> Now, Owens does not have the NXT title nope. now. Not now. Nope. nope. Lost it to Finn Balor. Finn Balor at Japan, Beast in the East. This is, welcome to the big big time spotlight, Kevin Owens, because you're about to become the United States champion. John Cena, that title, <laughs> since that title got around his waist, he's elevated that thing. And Cena's really impressed. I'm not a big Cena guy, but he, this year has been uh, the year of Cena. Yeah. He's been he's put on so many and he's putting on matches hellacious matches on Raw. Yeah. Free matches, not just now by on that the same by that same token. Do you give it to a guy like Owens and just hope he can get the same amount of matches and hope he can get those same yes. potential you, matches you give, out you, of those people. You have to make a new superstar. Mhm. This is how you do it. Okay. Win the rubber match against Cena and put put give yourself a heel mid card champion. Mm-hmm. And I, Owens, you know he's been doing having these great matches for just as long as Cena's been in the WWE mm-hmm. on the indie circuit. He now, was a PWG champion. Go ahead, Mike. I'll make my prediction the last one because I'm going to make a two pay per view prediction. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Nah, just kidding. I'm going Owens. I mean, since he lost the NXT title, I can't see them, you know, having him lose to this, too. You know, basically yeah, that, losing if, two huge matches in a row. Yeah, I, it would bury him. Right. All right, Okay, Dan, you ready? Yeah. Okay, I'm going Owens. Okay. But I'm going for Cena at SummerSlam because they're going to rematch and Cena's going to get it right back from him. It's going to be a one-month thing. Y- what if... I, I don't know. I think if Cena drops the U.S. title, he gets back in the hunt for the world title. I There's that, I, too. Yeah, I, I think this is the end of, of that feud. Yeah. yeah. I, and but I there think, is a possibility well, of going after the you know Intercontinental title, I, too. I, I tell you what, what I think. If, we go, if we're going two pay-per-views, Owens wins this one. Owens Cesaro at SummerSlam. Yeah, I'm thinking Cesaro is the next one because they're Owens. starting to and that oh man, that, those matches will be great too because Cesaro's turned it up the past couple mm-hmm. of months. I really like what they're doing, with Cesaro. Sucks that Tyson Kidd got injured, but the one making the most out of it right now is Cesaro. Yeah, yeah. and he's really he's stepped up his game since he's been back on his own. Mm-hmm. 
and he does, and he's doing it without a manager. He's just putting on great matches. You know, you'd like to see him work the mic a little more, which I think that's going to come with time. But oh yeah, yeah. If if it, if it goes from Cena Owens to Owens Cesaro, that's going to be a great feud trans- transition. Mm-hmm. Right. Because they may they may flip flop Cena into the Intercontinental Title picture too. Yeah, it depends on how long Ryback's out. Is there a curse on the Intercontinental Title? That's a possibility. I, I was wondering oh, that. Man, I mean, it, there's just it's just been bad luck for that title here lately. He's cursed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you know, Barrett had to give it up. Brian, we, had to we give know it up. Daniel Bryan had to give it up. Uh, you know. I don't, I don't think Ryback's going to be out that long. I hope not. I mean, it's, it's no. a staff infection. It's full of so many antibiotics, <laughs> it's not even funny. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's going to hurt him too much. I mean, this isn't like a... This isn't really an injury, mm-hmm. you know? So it's... Right. It's going to be a quick turnaround for him. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Yeah. All right. Main event. Main event. Lesnar-Rollins. That's Lesnar. a tough one to call, I'm saying Lesnar, and I, I think it's not even going to be close. This, this has a chance to be... And it wouldn't hurt Rollins to get squashed by Brock Lesnar. I don't think. Put up a little bit of a fight, but in the end, Brock is just a monster. Brock Lesnar wins the title. Holy shit, I just said that. If you want. <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. I don't see him taking it off of Rollins yet. Like, all all signs point to Brock Lesnar coming in, destroying and winning, but I, well, I don't see him taking off Rollins yet. I think Brock wins, and then Rollins Triple H at SummerSlam. I can see that happening because there have been rumors that it was going to go that way. But then who does Brock feud with, you know, at SummerSlam? Some dude by the name of John Cena. I don't think they're going down that road again. No. Undertake Kane. I heard rumblings that could be he could get involved in something with Kane. Yeah. Taker coming back, you know. They're supposed to do something. Now, I I don't think I'd want to see Undertaker and Brock in a match because I think Brock's just a little too physical for him. I mean, he doesn't have too many F5s, and they're a little too rough. He could disintegrate. Yeah. <laughs> but have, did y'all see a picture of The Undertaker working out lately? He's butch, dude. He's looking good. Yeah. You know, it it's, he's, looks like he's really getting in good shape, so. Yeah. He's 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 in shape, you know, and I think I think a lot of the pictures that are taken on the internet of him are edited. I really do because well, they, they make him look seventy it, years old. Well, either that or they just catch him getting out of the bed, and he's just walking <laughs> yeah. around. Yeah, I don't know what the he's hell He's walking into his cup of coffee. He's like, really? Yeah, I haven't put my face yet on me. Yeah, but but going back to the Rollins thing, I I really think you know Brock Lesnar may win, but by disqualification. Okay. You know, Rollins is Rollins is keeping the title. I just don't see them taking it from him, especially on battleground. You know, yeah, yeah. If this was SummerSlam, okay, I can see it. But well, yeah, and I guess you don't want the U.S. title and the World title both to change hands on the same card. Maybe this is uh, well, I'll go to my prediction. How about this? There's two ways this can go down. Brock Lesnar just totally destroying Seth Rollins for 10, 15 minutes, and then authority or somebody comes out and screws in the match somehow, you know, screws up trying to screw over Seth Rollins and ends up helping him, and Brock goes over. Well, apparently, you know, Kane's doing the injury angle now. Or whatever. You know, Brock Brock broke his ankle or whatever yeah. on uh, Raw, yeah, so yeah. I don't think Kane's going to be a factor in this paper. Yeah, he, I, I, I don't think it'll be Kane, but it might be somebody else interfering or something and costing costing somebody a DQ and then no title change. Right. You know? But the second way this is going to go over, 
if Brock wants, if they want to put Brock over as this big, huge beast east from beast from the east guy or whatever, you know, beast in the east dude that they, you know, promoted him on that Japan special. I mean, he took out three guys, not even blinking, you know. Right. So if they want to do that, then he wins the title in fourteen seconds and beats the holy hell out of you know. Seth Rollins with something in 14 seconds. You know, he may pick him up in F5 right off the bat and just pin him. Yeah. That's, and I would not be shocked. I wouldn't be yeah. shocked at all. But I, and I'll tell you what, you watch the time. Oh, yeah. That, that's, watch the time by the, the time, time the main time. event hits. Because it's, it's 9.45 and they're <laughs> headed to the ring. <laughs> um, quick question. If you went to Hawaii for a week, wouldn't you have a tan? Who went to Hawaii? Kane went to Hawaii. Oh, yeah. Well, quotations in the air. Yeah. Well, you know, he was burned as a child or whatever, so, you know, the sun doesn't care. affect him anymore. Oh, bull. <laughs> bull only. That's a, hey, but that's good baloney. That's, that's Oscar Meyer baloney right there. <laughs> no, it's a pair. That's sunburn booking for you right there. That's what a that is. A couple of weeks ago, Seth Rollins sent Kane to Hawaii as a thank you for basically being a part of Thor. That's also how... um. They got the car. How they got the car. Ah. They, that Brock now totes around. Okay. Probably on his back. Yeah, he just puts it in the backpack. Just... <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> he really hoists it around on his shoulder like he does that log when he's training, you know? Yeah. So that's that's our battleground <laughs> predictions. Um, give us your predictions on Twitter, at Oversell Podcast. Uh, before we get out, guys, um, and get to our Austin Lane interview... Watched NXT this week. Man, what do you think of this um, Jordan Gable tag team? That finisher was awesome. Is that finisher not damn yeah. cool? That finisher was one of the coolest things I've seen in a while. Um, and Just on throwing it, it up there and belly-to-back suplex. Side suplexes, we call it. Right? Yeah, and, and and then the bridge afterwards. And I the mean, bridge and, afterwards, man. And, and, man, Gable, can, Gable was... Chain wrestling. Good to see, huh? Chain wrestling. When was the last time we saw chain wrestling in a match? Well, actually, I I guess. Chain chain wrestling on WWE programming. Well, Ambrose and Rollins. Yeah. A couple weeks ago. But it it was nowhere near what Gable was doing. That was nowhere near the degree Um, of what he was doing, yeah. A couple other quick things. Uh, (laughs) Sasha Banks and Charlotte Flair tore the house down with their title match Sasha Banks is still holding the WWE NXT women's title mm-hmm. um, but it's the only match where I've seen hair extensions used as a weapon wow <laughs> because Charlotte had some hair extensions she put uh, or Charlotte had some hair extensions fall out and she put Sasha Banks in the figure four and she realized that she just started picking up and whipping her with them <laughs> 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 but that being said man Charlotte and Cher, or Char- Charlotte, Cher, and Cher Sasha Banks. Shares in NXT. Oh, George is going to kill me for Holy that. Holy hell! <laughs> Sasha and Charlotte, man, that it, it's I, I, the NXT crowd is going to be sad to see those two go up because they're not going to get to see them anymore because those two chicks can wrestle, man. Yeah, and and they're very they're highly entertaining, and the main roster got a lot. They just, just got a boost. They, they got a huge boost. Yeah, it, it's a good uh, – give Divas a chance. Thank you, Ronda Rousey, because you were really responsible for all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, Smojo had a quick squash match against that crazy-looking dude that looks like one of the mutants from Weird Science. 
Marcus Louis or something like that. I can't. I don't know. He looks just like one of the mutants that comes in at the end of the Weird Science. I got to make a Weird Science. Uh, a weird Science reference on the show yeah. this week. All right. Well, that's it for this week. Uh, we are going to turn over now to our Austin Lane interview. We will be right back. This is professional wrestling legend, downtown Bruno, who is privileged enough to be on the Oversell Podcast. Welcome back to the Oversell Podcast. We are now going to be joined by the human highlight reel. I guess he calls himself best of the best, Austin Lane. Austin, thanks for coming on the show, bud. Happy to have you. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's it's rope to rope, pillar to post, the best of the best. Rope to <laughs> rope and pillar to post, best of best. That's right, man, brother. I, it's been a long time since I've talked to you. I know. Uh, it's been a very long time. I know. It's been a long time to talk to either one of you. I know, yes, bro. sir. Yes, sir. It's uh, I mean, it's probably been at least a year, year and a half since I talked to you over the phone. It's been longer than that. It's been uh, I'd say right around two years. Wow. <clears throat> But yeah, uh, been right around two years. I, I think the last time I talked to you was the uh, the Truman Show, July 2012. So it's been was that the Magic of Wrestling well, Show when uh, three years? That's been, yeah, that's Magic of Wrestling Show when you retired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, well, we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, yeah, you know, and it, it, I, I love you to death. You know, always a pleasure to talk to you because you were always one of the more. Uh, honest guys in the locker room and you know straight up stand-up guys in the locker room and you know you 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 bring more experience to the table than most people do and um i i one question i always ask any of our guests and everything is that how did you get your start in wrestling how did i get my start in wrestling well it, it's actually a it's actually a really weird story uh i mean when i first when i grew up my my grandmother like turned me on to uh professional wrestling as far as watching it and becoming a big fan mm-hmm. and um you know I, I watched it as a kid like most people did and, and just grew up idolizing these guys these larger than life figures and the stories they were telling in the ring and you know and i was always you know i always was kind of interested in the uh the storytelling aspect of life in general whether it's you know through acting or through you know professional wrestling storytelling writing books you know i was I wrote while I was in school. Um, I've always been interested in the storytelling, you know, to really taking taking individuals on an emotional ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I was always interested in that. And then the crazy part of this is used to when I was a kid, you know, I had a, a younger brother and a lot of his younger friends in our neighborhood. We used to have a trampoline out back. And it was kind of wore down, beat down. You, you couldn't really bounce really that high on it kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> so I started wrestling around because, you know, a huge fan of wrestling. I started wrestling around with my, my brother and his friends. And, you know, with me being bigger than they were, you know, I, I always threw them around and everything else. And then the crazy part is I, I kind of learned, you know, that the business was a work through that way because, you know, to keep my brother and his friends coming back and, and playing wrestling, you know, I would, uh, without them knowing it, I would let them win and, you know, try to get, you know, make sure that they were able to do the moves they wanted to do and and all that other stuff. It, it kind of, you know, it was a, you know, a natural thing. You know, I was kind of, you know, putting other people over 
mm-hmm. per se before I was in the business yeah. or even knew anything about it. <laughs> and then <laughs> crazy sound. Giving back and before then, you ever could give back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Giving back before you know, putting people over before I was able to put people over. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well Austin, when you were you said you um you know, you start watching wrestling, who are some of those guys you first started watching that you kinda that you idolized? Oh man, let's see. Friday nights was I mean, Friday nights it was the NWA Power Hour. You know, I watched that with my with my, my granny. We watched the NWA Power Hour and I was you know, I was always enamored with like Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat and Sting. I mean those were those are my guys. Oh yeah. And then of course every Saturday morning wake up and we're bowl of cereal, you know, watching cartoons and then Memphis Wrestling came on and, and the Lawlers, Dundee's, Hot Stuff Eddie Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert was a man. Oh, oh yeah. To, to me, he was the man. He he and defined being a heel. Derek, Derek's a huge uh, Eddie Gilbert fan. <laughs> and I'm, yeah. I'm a Eddie Gilbert fan, but I'm not a half as much of a fan as Derek is. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was just so I, good I, I, at. No, oh, go ahead. It was you know it was everything. It was the, the you know I, I watched it then, and then I would usually go to my grandma's house, my dad's mother, and we would watch. Saturday night wrestling, whether it was main event at WWF at the time, and then WCW, and then of course Sundays after church, in the right around five oh five Central, six oh five Eastern, TPS, I'd watch uh, you know Sunday night main event with WCW or NWA at the time, mm-hmm. and I mean I was I was hooked, I really was. I mean I was hooked from the get go. I mean some of the guys like Lawler and Dundee. Handsome Jimmy Valiant, you know, Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert, you know, those guys, you know, they it just, I was so enamored with the larger than life characters. I mean, it just got to a point where, you know, I just looked up to them so much and just, you know, never dreamed that one day I'd be doing the same thing they did and stepping in the ring with a lot of those same guys. Okay. Well, I put this question out on our um, Twitter feed at Oversell Podcast. Um, if you could, if I built you a time machine, and you can go back. It would only work for you. Could only go back and see one match. Go back in time to see one match, live. Do you know what match you would pick? I think that's a heck of a question. Ooh. Yeah. Well, you know, honestly, like I would have, I would have loved to have gone back and watched Bruno San Martino and Lutez and those guys. You know, I would have loved to see them live. I think. To me, which what match would I would have loved to seen live? And I know a lot, of, especially with the internet community, a lot of guys are gonna, you know, they're gonna say some of these internet darlings and these five star matches. But I would have loved to went and seen WrestleMania three, just the the whole card live. You know, to see Savage and Steamboat, and then Andre and Hogan. I mean, the the emotion they brought out. I mean, it was you know ninety plus thousand people. You know, I would have loved to have been there live and to have been a part of that moment. Oh yeah, that uh, I don't know. You know, getting in a crowd that big, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have liked it. Um, <laughs> personally, the best I match guess, I ever I saw that would be. Yeah, I guess it would be if I was able to be there live and like front row. There you go. So, <laughs> you know, if, I was, if I was live and had to uh, pay for the tickets that I could afford and, and was up in those blades, it maybe not WrestleMania three. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it might have been a different match. You know. Yeah. There's wrestlers down there somewhere. <laughs> you know, that's where I saw a picture. You know, I saw a picture from this past WrestleMania at this dude's seats, and I really don't understand why he probably paid 250 bucks to have to squint or watch a 
tele the to watch it on like the jumbotron. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's basically yeah. like I mean, watching basically it at home. Watching it, you know, on the network or pay per view. Anyways, I think it's more nowadays. I think WrestleMania has grown to become such a spectacle. I think it's more of just being a part of it rather than actually seeing it. Right. Yeah, I felt for the people on the high rise on the like opposite side. Because, like, the sun never went down the yeah. whole, during the whole event. <laughs> Hope they had SPF oh, yeah. 80 and, and on or something. Be behind the, uh, behind the, the Titantron. Yeah. You know, those guys. That, yeah. Ugh. Been uh, rough. Oh, man. I couldn't. I just couldn't imagine being on the top deck of that stadium. <laughs> being in the sun. <laughs> being in the sun for, a, like, four, what, five, six hours oh, of the whole yeah, event. Five or six hours. Because you're, you're, you, you had to sit up there for the... Uh, the uh, pre-show and everything else, man. I <laughs> I just couldn't see doing yeah, that. Yeah, I, I think nowadays, unless you're able to get, you know, really close, I think nowadays a lot of those people are there just basically to be a part of the event. Yeah, yeah. You know. <clears throat> well, um, I uh, uh, got a question I want to hit on that, you know, a lot of people have been kind of knocking you about and everything and i'm not i'm not one of them to really knock people you know everybody's got their own reasons for doing things you know and believe me two years away from the ring which you said two or three years since me and you last talked and everything and you've been working Mm -hmm. again for about another six since i don't know i don't know how long you've been working since (laughs) but uh, uh well uh uh retired in July 2012. I came back in July 2014. So I've been back almost a year. Mm-hmm. Not quite the same as it before. Uh, before, because you know, before it was, you know, a, a slow week was three three shows, you know, right. three matches. You know, and usually it was three to five matches every single weekend. And now, I mean, the point now, I mean, I'm not a hundred percent out of retirement, kind of per se. I'm more doing the booking mm-hmm. uh, and doing more appearances than I am wrestling. Uh, I've had one match since the beginning of June, and this is here, what, a uh, little bit past the, uh, the middle of July. I've had one match since the beginning of June. Mm-hmm. So it's a slower schedule, but you're still wrestling. <laughs> a lot slower, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm doing more of it. I'm doing more, I'm doing more of the booking and behind-the-scenes stuff and kind of trying to trying to teach guys. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, and I, I, I love I your booking, by the way. Here. I love your booking, by the well, way. Thank you. It, it, I appreciate it. I, I learned from some of the best. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but, having uh, you book uh, NEW with, uh, you know, Ken Wayne over in West Memphis and everything and, you know, just being a part of that and stuff. And, oh, and you know, y'all constantly awesome. coming up with different ideas yeah. like me getting my head shaved and losing my mind and stuff like that. <laughs> 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 Which isn't that yeah, far from the truth. Line. Thanks for booking that, by the way. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> I still like line. But when you cut the uh, – you cut the backstage after the well, we filmed. I think we filmed like two or three weeks after that pay per view. Yeah, <laughs> but we filmed. Uh, we were filming for a couple weeks down the road, and uh, you did the max spill about uh about getting your head shaved, and somebody was going to pay. But you said, you know, you to pay, to pay, to pay. As soon as the camera goes, okay, we're we're off. <laughs> you look right over at the all of the locker room. <laughs> you guys get it. To 
Oh, man. Oh, God. Oh, we all busted out laughing. Too. As soon as it happened, we all bit our lips. You know, we're trying to be quiet over there. And it, just, it was so funny. Yeah, they gave me the clear, and I just looked at everybody and went, Toupee! Ha ha! Well, Austin, when did you um, first start training, or, or who tra- who trained you? When you well, first- hold on, hold oh, on. Sorry, my he bad. didn't answer my question. Oh, I, I, me, I didn't. I didn't yeah. actually finish answering my asking my question. So, my question is, why did you come back? Because I know everybody's got a everybody's knocking you. You know, I've seen people on the Facebook and whatnot. All the internet warriors, you know. Yeah, they really, the, the, you know, the knocking. You know, I'll answer questions. The, the knocking doesn't bother me. I mean, they don't live my life. They're not. They're not taking care of my family, and those people aren't, you know, taking care of my wife and mm-hmm. I pay my bills. So, you know, guys like, you know, guys are going to talk trash regardless one way or the other. I mean, I've seen guys who literally have retired and came back, you know, two shows later. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen that too. And, and, mine, <laughs> and mine was legit. I wasn't, you know, it wasn't something. Because you were, you were going out for shoulder anymore. surgery, weren't you? It, it neck. It was my neck. Neck surgery, okay. Yeah, well, I didn't. I didn't. It wasn't going through. It wasn't a surgery. It was a procedure. It was uh, injections, relieving pressure. Um, they did some. They did some work on nerves and, and relieving pressure off of uh, disc in my back mm-hmm. and uh, in the in the top part of my back in my neck. But anyways, you know, I, I legitimately was was you know it was I was injured. The doctor said that the way I was going that you know I was. You know, I wouldn't be able to even, you know, hold my kids within a few years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, and, and and you know, and when uh, when I decided to to get out of the ring, I never decided to retire out of the business. I wanted to go into more booking and and storytelling and writing kind of aspect instead of you know as much in ring kind of stuff. And uh, yeah. You know, and then and but I was out of the business for I mean completely for two years. Mm-hmm. It was for two years, and, and and there was a lot of things that kind of that that led up to returning. You know, just all led up, you know several things that led up to it. I mean, one, uh, <clears throat> you know, during the time I was off, after a year of being off, I actually had actually the doctor cleared me to return to the ring. Okay, because. Because the the uh, you know the procedures that he was doing he did they did not he didn't know we didn't know for sure but he didn't even realize that they would take and do as well as they did so you know I was you know I was forced out of the ring you know I, I loved the wrestling business yeah. and I did not want to retire out of the ring myself mm-hmm. I was told I had to by right. the doctor right well after a year and. He told me that you know that I was you know that I could have, I could return to the ring to take it easy, you know to uh, you know if I, if I decide to return to the ring take it easy and all this sort of stuff and 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 limit what I, you know the shows I do or or you know that kind of deal which I told him you know he knew better than even say limit you know what I do in the ring as far as matches because I give two hundred percent every single time right right and so you know he, he told me to limit the shows and that kind of thing. And I still stayed out of the ring for a year because of, because of naysayers and, and people who, you know, Oh, you know, he retired and they had a retirement show for him and all this other stuff, which wasn't my choice. You know, that, you know, I didn't want that big of a deal made of it. Uh, no, I wanted my last match. Like, like I, like I was asked, all I asked of it was, you know, I told Betty Butler at the time, you know, that I was going to have to get out of the ring. The doctor, Told me that I had to get out of the ring. Yeah, 
And, I, and she said, well, let, let me have a, let me do a, a retirement match for you. And I said, okay. I said, well, all I ask is for let me let me work Kid Nichols, Killer Nichols, Nichols, Madsen, yeah. Kevin. Who was, fixing, who was fixing to leave for uh, FCW, NXT, whatever yeah. whatever it was and, at the time. And I, yeah, and I wanted my last match to be against him. I wanted to lose, and I wanted to put him over. And, you know, so, you know, I asked her if we could do that. She said yes. So, you know, it kind of, you know, I was told to get out of the ring because of the neck and the back. And then after a year, and they tell me, hey, you know, you're able to get back in, I still for another year decided I'm not going to do it. You know, if I can get a booking job, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But I'm not getting back in the ring because of that, you know, because of, you know, the guys that I didn't want to be one of those guys that just comes, you know, retires and comes back, retires and comes back kind of deal. Yeah. Just to make it a storyline or to make people feel sorry for you. I didn't want people to feel sorry for me at all. That's why for, that's why you thought it was a shoulder. That's why everyone thought it was a shoulder and arm because I didn't want people to feel sorry for me and didn't want to let them know it was my neck and my back. Right. Because a lot of people wouldn't book me. And um, so, you know, even after a year, you know, I took another year after I was told, I cleared to go back in the ring. I took another year and did not, you know, and I wasn't getting back in the ring at all. And even though, you know, Nikki complained, you know, she grabbed at me so many times. She's like, you can't, you know, decide your happiness over what other people think. Right. And, and like I told her, you know, and I, I was enjoying the time off. You know, I enjoyed being away and being out of the ring and everything like that. So, you know, it, it made it easier for me then. But right around, you know, right around a year ago, my grandma, who uh, she she came she'd come down for about a year before that with uh, dementia and dementia dementia and Alzheimer's mm-hmm. and you know and and I was up there like every week you know everywhere not every week every day you know up to the hospital she was close by here I mean we had one time she stayed the night at her house and and she like literally I mean she's you know she was eighty six years old and she broke out in the middle of the night and left our house and just walked down the middle of, we live right in the middle of town, you know, well, yeah, right yeah. on the main highway and she's walking down the road and everything, you know. Wow. Long story short, you know, she was, you know, and we even get a, got a uh, alarm system on our house just so, you know, we would know she tried to get out or anything like that, but, you know, with her in such bad health and then she, and we were, we were kind of not really counting down, the, the doctor told us about how long she had to live basically. Yeah, yeah. And she was all. She was one of the ones who got me into wrestling. She's one of the ones that she got me to watching wrestling. And, and you know, I was over her house watching every weekend. And she loved watching me wrestle. And she kept over and over. You know, you know, baby, you know, I, w- I want to see you wrestle one more time before I go. I want to see you wrestle one more time. You know, all this sort of stuff. Yeah. So finally, I decided. You know what? I'm gonna. I'm going to do it. You know, I'm gonna. I don't care what anyone else thinks. I'm gonna be happy. And if it's something that's gonna make her happy, I'm gonna do it. Yeah. So, anyways, I took a booking. Worked a show. Uh, not long after that, she passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I and I realized, you know, life is too short to sit back and, you know, as much as I was enjoying being away from the ring and you know spending time with my family, you know, Nikki was still wrestling. You know, we we were we were forming uh, y'all were for- women's wrestling. Yeah, yeah, y'all were fantastic. forming UWW, the uh, custom women's uh, matches and stuff. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Good money, really good money. You yeah, know, and, and I've the, heard. The money, <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, you know the money coming in from that, and 
and everything else, you know, I decided, you know, I, I, I was offered a booking job, Tuckman, so I decided to take it, and I took the booking job. It was one of those where, you know, I'm a perfectionist, just like a lot of wrestlers, a lot of the good ones are. Yeah. I think about, yeah, a lot of the good ones are. They're perfectionists. They want everything to be done the right way. Right. You know, with and, and I originally, originally the idea was to wrestle like once every three to six months or so, just mm-hmm. something built up, you know, storyline-wise, to draw a crowd, you know, get a, pop the crowd, you know, make some good money that night. Yeah. And then, you know, it, of course, one of those were, you know, if you want something done, you got to do it yourself kind of things. Oh, yeah. And so, so you know, I would re- – got to a point now where, I, I you know, I, I'm up to about, you know, uh, the really busy months, I'll, I'll have three matches in a month, which is a big difference from three to four a week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I'll have a few here and there, and I hardly ever travel. You know, I, I turn down 90% of the bookings all the time, and not even now. Mm-hmm. Just because I have to save, you know, I have to save, you know, you got that bump meter, and, you know, once it runs out, yeah, it runs yeah. out. <laughs> the bump meter. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, I remember the bump meter. meter. runs out, it runs out. So, yeah. you know, I, I save, even now, you know, I save my matches, and for when I can do it, you know, even though I'm cleared, you know, I still have to save, you know, for what I can and can't do. So, I mean, I do, I do one here and there, and... Usually, if I do travel to 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 do a show, it, I mean, there's it's usually uh, got a monetary gain on it that you yeah. can't turn down. And it's usually something. It's usually ninety percent of the time, it's usually the Nikki's booking that mm-hmm. they pay extra to get me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of thing. Well, that's I, I mean yeah, that's that's, that's, that's really the best. Uh, that's one of the best reasons I've heard to come out of retirement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it, it's one of those where you know I do. I didn't want people to feel sorry for me, and I, and I know that people will talk trash about it. But I mean, the way I see it is, I took two years off in the ring. If you can outwork me, then I'll, I'll I'll judge your opinion. Until then, you know, I mean, I'm still I'm going out there every time, and I'm 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 the one taking the bumps. Yeah, not them. Right. I'm the one who had the neck and back problems that have had you know needles and and scrapples all you know going through my neck and back. Mm-hmm. Not them. You know, I'm I'm the one supporting my family. You know what. You know, averaging out, even with the, the very small schedule, I mean, because most of the money comes through the tapings, but the custom tapings. Are, are, you, are y'all still running the custom tapings? Month. Yeah. yeah. Okay, because uh, the next one is August the 28th and that. I don't I don't know what it is, but I don't see any of it on my Facebook feed for whatever reason. I, I'm not sure. I, you should you should now because uh, you should start now because we just released the lineup for the August. We don't do it every month. We do it like two or three months. Ah, okay, that's usually, probably why. You, yeah, yeah. Usually the way when we do, if you divide up the money that we make that me and Nikki make on each taping within the two or three months, we usually average around like a thousand dollars a month wrestling. Mm-hmm. And, and most of it is. You know, every two months or three months, getting it then through the customs. But I mean, it's good money that you know. I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not going to tell my kids they're not going to get an iPad because some because uh, Tom, Dick, and Harry think I shouldn't be back in the wrestling ring. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, we, me and uh, me and Bruno talked about this last uh, last uh, episode. Uh, we were talking about the wrestlers who are coming back after years of being out of the ring and out of the limelight and everything and are now suing WWE trying to get money for concussions and injuries and everything that was sustained mm-hmm. in the ring and everything and I'm like 
this kind of hits back on that, you know, and because so, yeah, the, the way I look at it is it's a personal choice. The way I look at it is those guys made their choice. This is, you know, it, it, I would understand if you are working in a factory and you, for some strange reason, get knocked down, you know, 20, 30 times a day, every single day, and then you have back problems. You, or you, uh, somebody hits you with a pop over the head, you got a problem. Yeah. You know, but when, when, when you sign up for this business, you know what you're getting into. You know that it's not natural, and you're told right off the bat, you know, it's not natural for you to throw your body against a wrestling ring. Mm-hmm. It's not a trampoline. It's a car wreck you know, every yeah. time you hit the mat. We Yeah, we make that choice to be hit with a chair. If we choose to, mm-hmm. and, by, and by whom we choose to, exactly, and we make those choices to put our bodies on the line and to to go through that business. You know, they weren't. I mean, no offense, but they they weren't they weren't crying and whining when they were getting those paychecks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I and you know the 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 ones that seem to be you know the ones that are. Uh, the ones that are hollering the most are the ones that blew all their money. You know, that's mm-hmm. what that's what I've noticed. You know, and, you know, and blew all, blew all their money on drugs and drugs and women and the rock star lifestyle when you were a pro wrestler in the eighties and were making it just like a rock star. You know, you blew all your money then and you ain't got nothing now. You know, a lot of so. those guys, their problems don't come from ring work either. A lot of their problems come from years of doing drugs and drinking and then added added on the uh, wrestling part of it. Yeah, because you got to have some self control. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can't you I, can't get into wrestling and be a rock star and not have some self control over you know what you're doing and everything. So. Yeah, I mean, Ozzy Osbourne's not suing the rock industry. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I mean, you know, it, it, you know, we're grown we're grown men and or women in this business, and you know, we make choices for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's you know, that's well said and everything, and that's that's the reason why you're back in the ring. It's a personal choice, you know. And mm-hmm. you know, I I applaud you for that, really. You know, yeah, well, and, and and that's yeah, I mean, really you know, you know. I do, you know, I, you know, I do feel like for a lot of the guys who are drawn in for reasons that you know they're, they're their own personal reasons, and they're they're drawn back for that I may, may may not agree on and you know other people are not going to agree on on everyone's choices you know you know the way, way I see it is you know I paid my dues originally and you know I've I've earned that right and respect to be able to to choose to get back in the ring once once you know I mean it, it's the same with anyone if, if someone you know has to quit work because they have you know they have cancer and they're told they have you know, a year to live and they have to quit their work and go through chemo. And then by some miracle, the chemo, you know, eliminates and they, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, the, they're cancer free, you know, they're in remission. You know, do they have the right to go back to work? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's kind of the same thing with me. You know, I didn't choose, I didn't want to get out of the ring. I love getting in the ring. You know, I, I love being in the ring in the camaraderie. I love the brotherhood more than anything. Yeah. But I love being in the ring and performing and that was taken away from me, not by my choice. That was taken away from me by a doctor, and because of my neck and back, you know, I was I had that life that I loved taken from me. Yeah. And then, you know, 
a year to two years afterwards, I was able and and had the opportunity to get that life back. Mm-hmm. So yes, I, you know, I chose to take the life back. You know, and, you know, I, it's a lot, a lot simpler, a lot lot smaller, you know, scale. But I still tr- chose to like, take that life back. Well, again, I admire you for it, and you know, that's the explanation for everybody out there who's wondering about it. I asked the question, he gave the answer. That's your explanation. I'm gonna, I'm you don't like it, you can stick it in your ear. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you don't like it, I mean, come pay my bills. Exactly. <laughs> take care of my family. Uh, or, you know, and, and all these guys, you know, and the bad part is, is most of the guys who make the comments now are guys that either, one, have never even worked me, or two, are jealous because someone who took off for two years has come back and they can't hold on to their spot. Yeah. Yeah, because you, know, you know I, you know that's in in, you know I never claim to be the best wrestler out there. You know the best the best things a gimmick. You know it's from the the '80s you know martial arts movie that I loved and and all this is that's a gimmick. You know it's uh, like you and even Ken know. You know I'm I'm not that gimmick. I'm yeah, yeah. actually just the opposite. I'm actually very humble and well. One I've of the said I'm only as good. I'm only as good as everybody thinks I am. Because I get in the ring with guys like Eric and you and Nichols and, you know, and Alan Steele, Pokerface. I wrestle those guys, you know, all the time to a point where y'all made me look that good. Yeah. Well, I think we I think we all kind of, uh, kind of made each other look good. Because I tell you, one of the yeah. smoothest, best matches I ever had was against you at one of the NEW anniversary shows, and it was when I won the U.S. Junior Heavyweight title off of you. Oh, I was just about to bring that up. Yeah. That's why that match created Magic of Wrestling. Yes, it did. Betty Butler was in the crowd. Betty Betty Butler and Larry Russell were in the crowd, and they were watching it. And after it was over with, she said, the world needs to see more of that. Yeah. Because if I remember straight... It was, it was right around twenty TV minutes. Was you know, as we know, TV minutes are completely different than regular minutes. Yeah. But it was about twenty TV minutes, and it was hold for hold. I'm talking about reversals constantly. It was nothing. We were back and forth the whole time. It was yep. it was nothing but wrestling the whole time. And then yep. and, Betty and, Butler and, and, was and, saying she felt like a little teenage kid again sitting on the front row of a wrestling show yeah she said that that match turned her back into a wrestling fan instead of just being you know going with the guys you know with brian christopher and to to events and everything and just being you know kind of a more of a you know a a smart mark than a mark and we turned her into a a, a little teenage girl watching you know memphis wrestling and fargo and all the end that one night and she said that was the reason she created magic wrestling Mm -hmm. that match Yep, me and you created a wrestling show from yes, a from did. a match. <laughs> Pretty incredible. I still, I still remember. Yeah, I still remember like uh, booking that. You know, because I was booking at the time. Mm-hmm. And the the when Ken came up to me to offer me the booking job, I was NEW. I was the United States Junior Heavyweight Champion, and I told him I was like, I want to drop the title. I was like, I don't want to hold the title we booking because you know we what we've got the which we eventually figured out that we didn't have that in W, but 90% of the locker rooms, you know, you got guys that are, oh, you know, the bookers holding a title and all this other stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I remember him coming up to me and, and, and asking me, he says, listen, what do you think about putting Dan over? He's still in the school. He's really green. What do you think about putting him over? And I told him, I was like, it'd be my honor. 
I was like, I'd love to put it on Dan. And I still remember, you know, and he's like, really? You know, he was shocked because he thought, you know, I was like, no, I'm not putting a green one on. I'm not putting, you know, he ain't been in business long enough, you know, mm-hmm. kind of deal. And we went out there and tore the house down, went hold for hold, stole the show. I mean, it, it was, uh, I, I love it. It's one, of, it, it is, it's one of my greatest memories I've ever had in business. I got to get a hold of Bresler or Ken one and get a hold of that match on tape because it's just I I know I I can go over it spot for spot in my head but I know I'm missing something. <laughs> I've, had, I've had way too many concussions, dude. <laughs> <laughs> my dad didn't give you one of those con- concussions, did he? Yeah, he might have. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I I remember that too. I remember it was fourth and the fourth, and I remember just telling you guys, all right, listen, you're not in the business. Just lay it in there. If you can't pull it, just hit me. Oh, wow. And I will never tell your dad to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I was like, we got to make it look good. Just swing it. You're not going to hurt me. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You took that as a challenge. Like, then the next time, the next time, you know, if you can't punch me, just eye gouge me. <laughs> <laughs> well, and yeah, exactly. one thing about that, Austin, you were very professional with me and um, dad. And for that, I really thank you. Not treat me like some punk turd or whatever. No, it, 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 it's no problem. Because see, the thing is, is with guys like you and your dad, even even you know, and I've done you know, I'm the guy who who was you know who they would put basketball coaches with or principals, superintendents with in matches to help raise money for people. Yeah, because I take care of those guys and everything. And you you guys were two of the most respectful people to, to what we do that I've ever met. I mean, y'all, you guys were back there, and he would be dad, older than I am, a lot older, by the way. You can let him know I said that. I sure will. <laughs> yeah, especially, with, you know, if he's got any hair left, he didn't pull it all out. But he, uh, you know, even, even at an older age, I mean, he was so respectful. I mean, and that's one thing that I appreciated. And he, all the wrestlers, even in the locker room, you know, you – you get those guys that are like, oh no, you know, you you can't go out there and put over a radio guy and you know his son and none of them's even you know they haven't paid dues or anything like that. But you guys are so professional that you, you even earn the respect of all the wrestlers in the locker room. Well, thank you. Um, Austin once in a promo on my dad said he didn't have a forehead; he had a five head. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually, uh, my wife will tell you a story. Nikki will tell you a story. It was a promo I cut on her that made her fall in love with me, and I didn't even know her at the time. <laughs> I was, I was, yes, I was in Batesville, Arkansas, and her and her sister were sitting uh, at ringside. And see, I didn't know her at the time, so you know, I was booked, brought in, was working heels, walking around the ring, and as walking around the ring, her sister and her were kind of whispering. She says that they were. Uh, they were talking about how cute I was, but I didn't know what they were whispering about. So I stopped and I looked at her sister and her, and I just kind of stared at them thinking, and they kind of smiled, and I told them, I was like, I don't know why you're acting uh, acting like you're all hot, or I've seen better uh, butts on cigarettes. No! <laughs> she said, immediately, she said she fell in love. Oh, God. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> that, it was yeah, love at first promo. <laughs> <laughs> I always look. I should have put that in our wedding vows, honestly. Seriously, <laughs> but I, I remember or engraved it on your wedding ring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hollywood Jimmy used to have one that man. 
that I that he he would always me and me and Hollywood Jimmy when I was doing the DCW and I was I, I'd signed with TNA. Me and him had a uh, a little thing going. We tried to make each other laugh on TV mm-hmm. in the ring. So what we would do is while they were they were filming the the hot intro, we were coming out. He'd get in the ring and they'd want us to cut like a little promo. Usually usually this was right around like a commercial time. So, you know, we're trying to heat up the crowd before we come back off the commercial. Yeah. So he would always pick up some some uh, girl out of the crowd. And uh, the, the two things I was, I was taught, Danny B taught me to, as a baby's face, pick out the, the oldest or ugliest girl out there, stand her up and talk about how she's a, that's what a real woman looks like. Yeah. Works every time. As a heel, Hollywood, he's always pick out a girl, and he would ask them, he's like, you know, he would ask about, about the uh, intelligence of, blah, blah, wherever we're at. He'd say, you know, I heard you guys were, you know, we're stupid, but I want you to prove me different. So he'd ask girls, they'd ask her a question. I got a question for you. If a man has no feet, does he wear socks? Of course, the lady would would, would kind of look at him crazy at first and then yell out, no, we don't wear socks, you dummy. So he'd come back just almost just as quick as it would be. Then why are you wearing a bra? I remember busting out laughing. <laughs> we the bank horse out there. I busted out laughing. Oh my god! Go home, <laughs> come back for a commercial, and it's me and Elix Skipper in the ring. And literally, the beginning of the match when it starts, and we're you know getting ready to lock up. You see both me and him bent over laughing. Oh my god! From bent over laughing to. Look up at each other. Oh crap! We're back on TV. We're yeah, yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just killed Derek. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that, but yeah, that, that's that's the business that I love right there. The, the, the brotherhood, you know, the backstage stuff. That's the you know we can talk about five star matches and matches of the year and all this other stuff. That's the, the you know that's the part that I love about the business. Hey Austin, it's Mike here. Going back to the beginning, who yeah. who started training you? I mean, where where did you get your training? Uh, well, originally I was brought into business by uh, two individuals, a guy named Jay Murdoch and Tico Murdoch, who done you know they'd done some stuff, usually job work or enhancement work, however you want to call it, uh, for Memphis back in the day. And so, anyways, they taught me how to bump. Um, and and wh- where was that at? I went along. It was in Dixie, Arkansas. I mean, literally, uh, they may have had 10 people living in the town. That old Dixie dance, it was just outside of Jonesboro, Arkansas. It tore down now, but, uh, you know, they used to host wrestling there. And it was on, uh, you know, the thing was Friday nights. So I would come up on Fridays, I'd put the ring up, and, you know, and then I was, they actually put me in the ring, was working. Right off the bat, I was like a natural. I was in the ring way before I should have. Honestly, mm-hmm. and you know, and I picked up and learned as I went along from everyone. I learned from Dan Matthews. I learned from Eric Wayne. I learned a lot from Ken Wayne. You know, Ken taught me how to how to book a show and how to time out a show, how to format a show. Yeah. And you know, then after a while, you know, I, I knew that you know I wanted to be the best that I could possibly be. So I went and got polished up by Jerry Lynn, and then Rodney Mack and Jazz, and. You know, I worked with a lot of the lot of legends and veterans in the business just teaching me. But like as far as like actual, you know, formal training, I did. You know, with Jay and Tico Murdoch taught me some, and then I was taught basically how to work work. You know, I was polished up by Jerry Lynn. Mm-hmm. Well, um, 
I know, uh, I don't know how involved you were, but I know you were involved in a little bit of TNA when it was in its founding stages. Yes, yeah, at Nashville. Okay. I mainly just done enhancement stuff. Uh, we were talking, like Dwayne Huckabee was talking with TNA about, I mean, that he was TNA was sending talent. That's actually where the TNA knockout division began. Mm-hmm. It actually began, you know, with DCW. You know, we were we were taking the girls and putting them in matches and getting them on TV and teaching them basically how to how to work on TV. But they would send TNA guys down to me to work with me, and then I would that would send me to Nashville and I would work with them, kind of deal. Um, <clears throat> nothing like main event pay per views or anything like that. Yeah. You know, I, I learned very quickly that that's not the life I was really wanting. I was really going for, you know, I'm more of a family man. Mm-hmm. I want to spend time with my family, that kind of thing. I don't want to be on the road all the time. Yeah. You know, TNA would have been a better fit for me, but I still remember after doing the extra work for WWE and being poker face in a car on the way home from uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And I called Nikki up and I told her, I said, this isn't what I want. You know, I told her that, you know, I want to, I want to help guys out. I enjoy, you know, telling a story on the smaller scale. I love the personal feel that quote-unquote independent wrestling is because, I mean, we're all professional wrestling. It's not really independent wrestling. We're all independent contractors. Yeah. But, you know, I like the smaller scale. I like the more personal feel with the, you know, the feeling that you have with the crowd. You know, I like that on that scale. That's the dream I wanted. It wasn't, the you know, the traveling the roads or anything like that. So, basically, after that, I, I stopped contacting WWE. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, me and you think alike. I mean, we—I yeah. went and had a uh, my WWE tryout match with Allen um, mm-hmm. in uh, Birmingham, probably three years ago, three or four years ago. And they, William Regal, set us down and talked to us for a good two to three hours. You know, and he said, "Be sure this is what you want to do." You know, mm-hmm. is that if if we offer you something, you know, and you want to do it, you know. Be sure this is what you want to do, because people get people get here all the time. They complain it's terrible and oh, it's the most awful thing ever. And I never see anybody, mm-hmm. never see my family, and everything is like, this is the life that you live. You know, you might get to come home and sleep in your bed once a week. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, we, we were yeah we were in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and Jamie Noble got me offside, and he told me that uh, he was watching me in Poker Face wrestle. <clears throat> And we were we were out there while everyone else was in the ring. Me and him was going over holds and reversals on the outside. And he said that he said in his honest opinion, he said I can outwork ninety percent of the roster. He said in a heartbeat, not even close. Yeah. He said at the time, he said right now, he said we're not hiring anyone below six feet, and we're not hiring anyone at your age. He said you're a little old, you know, for for what we're hiring at the time. And he told me he said, but I want to get you to Orlando or to Tampa to FCW. Mm-hmm. He said, "I want to get you there." He said, "Keep in contact with me." He said, "As soon as we, as soon as they, you know, let us hire, you know, hire a little older or you know, a little shorter guys." He said, "You're we the first person I call." I never called him back. That was that was a trip on the way back. I called Nikki and said that that's not what I wanted to do. Yeah, yeah, and it, you know, I'm I'm so happy that Nichols got to go. I really am because he wanted it. He wanted it bad. Yeah. He wanted it so bad he could taste it. And he was in the school. He was up at the school on days when nobody else was there, you know, just, you know, bumping in the ring and just doing different things and getting stress out of his system. And, you know, yeah. 
for him to be the one of us to go up there, you know, and seriously, he got so underutilized. They dropped the ball when they got rid of him. They really did. Well, I, I think they didn't know what to do with him. They had no clue so what to do gimmicks. with him. They, yeah, they, they have so many gimmicks now that I look on the NXT and I'm like, that's Nichols. Like, yeah. perfect. he's the perfect fit for that gimmick. They were going to put I mean, him in the Wyatt family. And yeah, they originally, yeah. Bray Wyatt and, wanted him in the Wyatt family, and they and exactly. the they, the exec I mean, said no. So many different, whether it's the clown gimmick or the I don't know, not really a Nazi gimmick. It was a military kind of a, gimmick of some sort, but it was still awesome. Yeah, some sort of military <laughs> gimmick. I mean, he was all, he always had all these different gimmicks, and when you're all, if you have more than one gimmick, you have no gimmicks. No, no. He, and they because had they had him doing three or four you know, different can't things. Attach and get an emotional attachment to that gimmick and that person because they're always changing. Mm-hmm. And I think that they couldn't find something for him because he had he has the talent. He has the talent to be on Raw or SmackDown, not at SCW. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, he had the talent, and I think it just took so they they had they took you know a shot at the dark so many times at different gimmicks that they couldn't quite fit something to him. That they wanted to do, crowd never got the emotional advancement, and finally, you know, as as they only do, you know, they they recycle, and it got to the point where with no gimmick, you know, they just recycled and, and brought in new guys to try with. Yeah, I think the last thing they had him do was a country singer gimmick. And I, <laughs> oh, I, I saw did he sing? I saw pictures of it. He was in the get. He was in the ring with a guitar in his hand, like he was playing it. And uh, oh dear God! Had tassels going down both sides of his pants and everything. <laughs> oh man, I wish I would have seen that. <laughs> I'm, I, well, I I may be able to find that picture if I can. I'll send I'll, it to I'll, you. I want I want to hear the I want to hear the album they would have put out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I still remember Nichols. He would uh he'd scare the crap out of guys. We had uh, oh yeah there was, there was yeah we'd go to whether it's at NEW or other shows. They'd get together. Come on, guys. Let's get together. Let's uh, say a prayer before the show. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd start start praying (laughs) in the middle of it. He would say, may we all rot in hell. Screw you. It would be be like a running gag for, like, whoever was new in the locker room and everything. It's like, we got new guys tonight. We got to say a prayer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> let's get these new guys over here and say this prayer yeah it, it was either that or uh making guys from canada completely just leave the show oh my leave. god that was hilarious that oh, we had a, we had a guy show up one night and uh he was supposedly from canada was driving through and wanted to try to get on the wrestling yeah. show over in supposedly, over in yeah. west memphis and he showed up found out he was wrestling eric wayne and Pretty much walked out of the building, and we never saw him again. Well, it, was, it wasn't really that wasn't the full story. He came in, and uh, Ken says, "I have no idea if this guy can work or not." He said, "I said, okay, I'll just put him in a dark match. I'll, I'll put Eric with you." Yeah. So as a rib, we started telling the guy, "Oh man, Eric's stiff. I mean, he's horrible, man. He, he, uh, he broke guy, it, You know, he broke guy's orbital bone. He broke guy's nose. Yeah, yeah. He hurts people. Uh, he's so stiff. You know, he doesn't know how to work. All this other stuff and <laughs> Me and Nichols were just ribbing the crap out of him bad, all the way to a point where Ken's like, "Okay, guys, y'all, y'all, y'all settle down. Y'all, the guy's gonna be going out there and he's gonna be terrified. You go down there and tell him that, that Eric's not that stiff. <laughs> go downstairs. He's nowhere to be found. He's gone. <laughs> no bag. No bag. We looked outside. 
He done got in his car and he said, "Screw it, I'm going back to Canada." <laughs> yep, hightailed it back to Canada as fast as that car wow. could take him. <clears throat> oh what, man, do you remember when you first started working with uh, Sexy Sam? Oh man, it, it was it was not long after I first started wrestling. I, you know, I started. Uh, I went over to uh, uh, Moondog uh, Championship Wrestling Mid South. It's the, uh, the the show in Osceola they filmed the uh, Wrestling with Death with. And I went over there, and Sexy Sam was there, and they, they put me in with me right off the bat because, you know, I always got a lot of heat when I was in Osceola, so I always wrestled Big Daddy and his son, Jerry. And they always brought me in to wrestle them. I'd work a program with them, whether it's three four weeks. It'd usually end up in a cage or, you know, in some big, you know, no-holds-barred match. And they, they always put Sam with me as a manager. So he was uh, he may may have been my first wrestling manager, honestly. But they put Sam with me, and man, Sam Sam, I love Sam to death. Sam was Sam was awesome. He he was he's Sam was a guy that was a lot better than a lot of people realize because I mean, not a people, a lot of people knew him because he stayed local and around the Osceola, Jonesboro, Batesville area, you know, in Arkansas. But he was so good at what he did. I, I think he just never really wanted to to travel a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Well, he he got it. He he absolutely got how to get in the head of a crowd. And uh, the first time absolutely. I ever met him, he came into the locker room and everyone would gather around him. And someone said, "Hey, Sam, you're sexy as hell." And I, this the this is the first time I've ever seen the guy. He said, "Man, I tell you what, I am so sexy I can tongue kiss myself." <laughs> 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 oh yeah, yeah. That he was he was really good. I mean, I I loved working with Sam. I haven't seen Sam in years, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you know he 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 mainly works around the Osceola area now, still. And I think that you know that's just about you know probably around the only place he works, honestly. Mm-hmm. And I haven't been to Osceola. It's been years, honestly. It, it's, a, it's been quite a few years since I've been there. That Osceola show is the Wrestling with Death show, I think. Yeah. And I, I believe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't watch the show. Uh, we all know who was on it, Derek King and his family and everything. And, <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I don't know what, for whatever reason, it got canned or whatever, but, you know. Well, it, the, the season went up, and they're still, they're, they're, I think they're, talking about possibly doing a second season mm-hmm. uh i mean i don't know what all they else they could do i mean the show was the show mainly was more about the the funeral home than it was the wrestling the wrestling was a part of it you know we kind of gave it a little different feel to it mm-hmm. <clears throat> but uh, you know there, i don't know what all kind of storylines they can really do with that show you know going forward yeah you know because i mean it's like anything else. Reality TV, it's all a work. <laughs> oh, of course. You, <laughs> you know, know, we can, it's we all can work and it's all, yeah. That's what, and, that's the yeah. one thing I hate about reality TV. <laughs> yeah. It's There's scripted. Reality TV. Well, yeah. There's a lot of things I don't like about reality TV. Well, uh, Austin, uh, you got a show coming up this weekend, a big match with, uh, Dell Tucker, I believe. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Dell's one of the guys that I, that I, you know, I now, with the uh, you know the, with my health and able to get back into it and you know I kind of pick and choose who I work with now mm-hmm. you know I want to make sure that it's someone that a that I can go out there and tell a good story with b that they're going to be safe with me 
Mm-hmm. You know, Dale was one of the guys that I wanted to work with. And, you know, last year at the Ashland McCuller benefit that they had in Union City, Tennessee, you know, I asked, you know, they I think they wanted me to do something with the X-Pac or something like that. But I wanted to work, you know, I wanted to work Dale. I wanted to work with other local guys. I can go out there, tear the house down with. And we went out there, and it was it was like me and you, or me and Eric. It was chemistry. Awesome. We went out there, tore the house down, won match of the year. And then earlier this year, we uh, he came to Tuckerman, where I was looking. I brought him into Tuckerman, and we did the same thing. We went, you know, had a completely different match, tore the house down. Another match of the year. So, you know, I, I, Nikki was booked. It's a, one of those uh, Nikki bookings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Nikki was booked for this weekend there, <laughs> and they asked me if I would come in to wrestle. I asked. They told me Dale. Uh, that talked about the money. We got all that squared away, and and it was you know it was a no brainer. You know it's it's one of those where it, if you're a professional wrestling fan, if you like wrestling, that's the match you you want to see because me and Dale will go out there. And what I love about working with Dale, he, he's a lot like you or Eric. I'm able to go out there and tell a story. We're able we go out there and take the crowd on an emotional journey. And the stuff we do in the ring, guys can't do. <laughs> you know, a lot of guys can't do what we are going to go out there and do. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's one of those, what I, I, I love so much about it, and there's so much hype built around it right now, like it was in Tuckerman, like it was the first one. You know, that's that's the way I love it. I love, you know, the pressure on having to go out there and perform because that's when, that's when you know, I, I'm at my best. Yeah. You know, like they say, a diamond is created by pressure, you know, and that's the way I feel. When, when the pressure's on and everyone's expecting match of the year immediately, that's when I show up. Mm-hmm. That's when you see the real off the lane. All right. Where Where is uh, where is the show this weekend? It's going to be at New, uh, New Berlin, Tennessee. It's the old FGW building. It's LAW Arena now. Okay. It's where FGW used to run, and then, uh, you know, there's been several different places that's yeah, you know, ran there. <laughs> yeah. It, it brought, yeah, just it like every other building that's had wrestling in it around the area. <laughs> Ripley, Tennessee. Ripley, Tennessee. Okay. Ripley, Tennessee. The, the mecca <laughs> yeah. of the professional wrestling mecca. We were we were talking about Ripley, exactly. Tennessee. We found out that Ripley, Tennessee, on Saturday night, just about anything could happen. You know, whether it be to Bruno, that's me, where, or anybody else last week. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I was power pro heavyweight champion there, yeah. There you go. I wrestled Ripley, Tennessee for like maybe five or six different promoters. Yes, I, I, I said the exact same thing last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's usually five or six different promoters because from what I understand, the owner is crap. <laughs> yeah, the owner, the owner was a worker, but apparently he's a mark and doesn't yeah. understand how the wrestling business works. But anyway, oh, yeah. back to your show this weekend. <laughs> yeah. New Bern, Tennessee. Not New Bern, Tennessee. It's at New Bern. It's the LAW ring. It's, it's uh, live all-star wrestling, I believe. Mm-hmm. It used to be lethal attitude, but now it's live all-star wrestling. Um, going to be a good show. Uh, there's going to be a lot of ladies there from what, I, what I'm understanding. There's going to be a lot of ladies there, a lot of ladies' matches. Myself and uh, Dale Tucker, I don't know the other matches offhand. I know, you know, you know, there's going to be quite a few people there, but it's it's one of those shows that if you're truly a real wrestling fan, you know, if you, you love professional wrestling, whether it's Memphis-style wrestling or, you know, just professional wrestling in general, you know, that's the show you really want to go to. Mm-hmm. 
Alrighty. Well, I, I know you guys run Tuckerman still every now and then, too. Uh, how often are you running shows in Tuckerman? We're running every, usually every other week, two shows a month. Uh, every once in a while, we'll hit three shows, whether it's a benefit. We do uh, quite a few benefits over there, uh, whether it's raising money for breast cancer awareness or for families that need. Um, usually then we'll have about three in a month, but usually it's just two shows a month. Uh, I'm there 99% of the time. I make an appearance all the time, but I don't always wrestle. Mm-hmm. But uh, our next show there is next Saturday night at Tuckerman. I believe it's called New Beginnings. That mm-hmm. uh, we're uh, right there at the Valiant Arena. Awesome arena. arena yes, is, that is that is one of the more awesome buildings in the area that I've ever been in. That it's just got the most awesome wrestling ring set up and everything. It's yeah, it's it's made for TV. It it's is. Kind of, it, it looks yeah, it looks a lot like a big arena in a smaller scale. Yeah, and it and to look at the outside of the building, you wouldn't think that all that's in there. <laughs> no, it used to be a, yeah, it used to be a, a grocery store. Yeah, I think it used to be a Fred's or something like that, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, that it Fred, got converted into a wrestling arena. Apparently, and then I, IGA, I believe, and then turned into a wrestling arena. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We don't sell groceries anymore. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, we're kind of running running low on time here. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna save the rest of our conversations because there's plenty more to talk about. Uh, I'm gonna save the rest of our conversations for another time, and then we definitely want to have you on again, Austin. Absolutely. Yeah. Anytime you guys just let me know. Love the podcast. I haven't had a chance to listen to last week's episode yet, but it is downloaded on my iTunes. Sweet. Hey, go to iTunes. Two Thank hours of downtown you. Bruno, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I got to make sure to, to listen to that one. I got it on my iTunes. But yeah, plug for you guys. Make sure to go to iTunes, rate and review, five stars. Helps with the rating. Yes, sir. That's that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Plugging away. Thank uh, you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, awesome. We appreciate it, man. Thank you, guys. You have a good night. You too. Well, there you have it. That was our interview with Austin Lane. I want to thank him for coming on the show. Be sure you follow him on Twitter. He is at Austin Lane one. That's at Austin Lane one. Mm-hmm. And if you're in the New Bern area, go and check out the show. Austin is a tremendous worker. Thank you so much, Austin, once again for coming on the show. Also, be sure you're following us on Twitter. We are at Oversell Podcast. I am at Shropnuts. S C H R O E P N U T S. I am at One Dangerous Dan, all spelled out. At Wolf Mike Twenty Three. And be sure you head on over to oversellpodcast.com. Click on the little Amazon link under the web player. Buy a bunch of stuff on Amazon. There's no hidden fees, no extra fees. We just get a small commission of whatever is bought that goes back into this podcast. So please get out there to oversellpodcast.com and check that out. We thank you for listening, and we will talk to you guys next week.